0: Welcome to this brand new episode of the Marketing Technology Podcast. This podcast is hosted by Mark van Horek and myself, Elias Krum, and brought to you by Marketing Guys, the MarTech agency based out of the Netherlands. Welcome to this new episode of the Marketing Technology Podcast, on which we today are del- delighted to have Shirida uh, Doerder, who is uh, working for the AI in Marketing Academy. Um, and she's also an author. She's going to... Elaborate a little more on that, I guess. But first of all, Sherida, please introduce yourself.
1: Hello, everyone. Uh, My name is Sherida. I'm the founder of Air Marketing Academy, and I uh, train marketing professionals in um, applying and understanding artificial intelligence. And I wrote a book about it. Who won the Marketing Digital Prize in Holland. So that's
0: nice. What's the name of the book?
1: Um, It's really original. You will not guess it. but No. I am marketing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> cool, cool. So uh, Mark, who is my co-host, was also present uh, when you got the award. Um, and he um, suggested to have you on the podcast. So I'm, I'm delighted to have you here today. Um, Mark, what, what are the first questions that you have for Sharida?
2: Oh, yes. Well, hi, Sharida. Well, good that you're on our podcast. And indeed, I was uh, present when you got the the prestigious uh, PIM Marketing Literature Prize for 2024? Yeah, uh,
1: 23,
2: 23. 23, or was it
1: 23 version? of yeah,
2: November. Oh, yeah, oh, <laughs> it, oh, it was in November. Gosh, time ago. <laughs> um, anyhow, yeah, always this, this question is, um, you have written a book about AI in marketing.
1: Yeah.
2: Why? <laughs> That's
1: a really good question. It started out first with a frustration six seven years ago when I started in its subject. So that was already before ChatGPT, I can say. Uh, And then I started teaching people, giving courses, and people always ask me like, "Don't you have something to read after the course, or some extra text, or sources where we can find more information?" And that eventually uh, went a book. So it was never my goal or idea to write a book. It was more that people really were asking me like, "Okay, where?" can I find more information about this? And I could find a lot of books about marketing, a lot of books of about artificial intelligence, but not a combination of it. So that's the reason why I wrote it.
2: So this is your niche, to put it that way. Yes. AI yeah. and marketing. Definitely. Um, isn't that uh, because I know when the beginning with social media there was also hardly anything with social media and marketing, etc. Why? Because the changes were so often so by the time you got the book it was already a little bit outdated is that wouldn't that be a little bit the case with ai also because these developments are going so fast
1: yeah yeah i was really lucky that i i started writing a book in april yeah, 2022 so before like the really big hype you can say and the book got released during the the, yeah, during all the developments, like uh, in March 20, 000, 2023. and uh, lucky for me, the book sells really, really well. So we are now already busy almost with the third update. and the book is now been here for a year almost, and we already updated it like two times almost three times.
0: So it's not like uh, like it used to be, Mark you, you, you when you can update books a couple of times a year, oh, of course <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: Yes, because it's it's really good and I also put e-learnings in the book and that was really a requirement for me uh, to the publisher because I knew that everything goes so fast that I want to keep, keep people up to date by the QR codes in the book so that I can update them, that people are also updated about it.
2: Yeah, so actually you got like a hybrid book. So yes. you've got the paper version and via the QRs you get the digital. Yeah, okay, yes. great. Um Questions. And the next question that I have is, um, what is the impact of AI on marketing, on marketing strategies, or so? So, yes, there is more and more AI. There are more and more AI tools in marketing. But what's the, what's the impact? Is it really having? Is it really helping marketeers, or are
0: they? Yeah, and I think confused. What we've seen a lot on the podcast, on the interviews that we had on the podcast, that there is a lot of fuzz about the tooling itself and the hands-on use of AI for content distribution or content creation or whatsoever. But specifically what Mark uh, pointed out here is what's the impact on strategy? So do you see any strategy changes there?
1: Yes, uh, definitely, because it's a different way almost of doing marketing, and, uh, and that's also where you see a big gap in companies that operations goes really fast with the toolings and all yeah, the hands on toolings that really are easy to use. But that managers and direction who are thinking about the strategy and how to develop their marketing strategy are like a little bit stuck because they find it hard to see, OK, how will this impact my strategy? How will this impact my marketing vision? And uh, you see, that's a completely different way of thinking. You also need different skill sets in your team. Uh, you need different things to so think about, ethical stuff where you never thought about before, new metrics where you never thought about before. So that really does something also with the strategy and also how far do you want to go just because things are possible. Do you also want to go there or not? And what is the first step that you do? So that's, uh, could
0: that's you, different. Could you elaborate a little more on that ethical part? Because you you pointed out something that we've not discussed before. Uh, on the podcast, I think we because we had a couple of interviews on AI and marketing, etc. But we've never discussed that specifically. So, what, what's your take on that? What's the what's the things that maybe management or or C level should care about when when you're talking about ethical in an AI?
1: There are a couple of things. Uh, one thing it's now it's getting easier to really do personalization. Like, if I'm honest. People always talk about personalization, but I've never seen it before. Uh, And I also don't know if you really need to go to that point, because if you do personalization, that also means that people are getting like a tunnel vision. They're really pushed into one bubble. That's also, do you want that? Uh, I see that sometimes with newsletters, uh, some companies like managers, they also mention that, okay, if you do a newsletter and we do personalization, we apply personalization with AI, we also put information in it that's completely out of the box of what people are reading, just to prevent that they're becoming in sort of a bubble, you can say. And other things is around digital humans and models. Uh, Levi's recently had a sort of same scandal about um, paying white models, but generating black models. So those are also things that you need to think about, but also just simple things like generating content, just like an image, for example. If you say to a machine, like, OK, generate an, a family, you will always get a mom, a dad, a son, a daughter. And then with the height, like the dad is um, the tallest and the daughter is the shortest. But that's not how all regular families look like. But that is just stereotype. So that's also things you need to think about that Mm. you think, okay, I just generate an image, but there are more ethical points behind uh, that.
2: So how do you solve that?
1: Uh, Educating people, showing them what are the flaws of the models and how the models are built and not completely in the technical way, but so they have an understanding that how it's generated and what, yeah, the flaws and the limitations of that are and where to also to think about when you generate an image or when you generate a text or where you do personalization, what do you put in your data set? And a really good example was also from a company. They had credit cards and gender was not in the, in the, data, in the data set. And still uh, women got uh, less amount like credit on their credit cards compared to men. But gender was not in the data set. So that's also still things... Yeah, where you need to think about like, okay, how is it possible then?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So um, Mark and I often compare the uh, well evolution of AI to the evolution of uh, the internet in the beginning. Um, yeah. Back in 95, if you wanted to design a website, you needed to code a website. So you needed to write in HTML. And after after a couple of years, there were well, tools like FrontPage and Dreamweaver to yeah. make it easier. And now you have WordPress and just click your website together. Um, the thing with AI is we, we talk a lot about prompts and how to ask the right questions, etc. cetera. Um, I personally believe that we're still in the beginning phases there and there's a lot of things to be done because when you talk about prompt and prompt engineering, that also implies that the uh, person that puts in the prompt needs to think a lot about what to put in so they need to Definitely. consider like like those ethical things but also things like tone of voice etc um, do you think that's going to change over the coming month or years
1: um i see that two ways in this situation uh one way is that people are really getting trained or educated in how to write a good prompt you can mm-hmm. say that like that and how to take the different uh, yeah, parameters variables how do you say it yeah uh, into consideration but i also notice at uh, like plenty of companies who just say we don't want to learn how to write a prompt we just want to use the tool can you already create the prompts for us the so interface us yeah yes so that it's already there in default so that they only need to fill in just like what you say what you now can do with websites, you can drag and drop but that's exactly the same only for AI tools, so that people don't need to write the perfect prompt you can say for email or for a blog article, but they only need to fit in some parameters. Mm-hmm. So that's going both ways, you can say.
2: Yeah, but that puts more emphasis on the vendor, the creators of yeah. these tools to in to have to be as as diverse and inclusive as possible, because otherwise we have these already in-baked uh, algorithm biases, which is what you just mentioned.
1: Yeah, uh, a funny thing that happened now, funny that was last week, but maybe you guys should saw it with uh, Google, uh, the image generation, I think it was Google, with the image generation, they made it sort of too inclusive inclusive and too much diversity in such a way that people were generated in, like, let's say, the Roman area. But mm-hmm. those people didn't look like it in that period, so it was completely <laughs> really off history, and that didn't make any sense. So that went too far off from uh, from the original.
0: Yeah. But so, so yeah. still a long way to go. I think Wait, that's that one of the flaws in the, and that's uh, and that's also I I um when I talk to marketers and also people that we have in the company, we also I also specifically asked them to put that in the prompt do not include let's say uh, or do not uh, come up with any suggestions that that you come up yourself as a, an, an AI machine because we've seen that with if you if you write a blog post uh, let's say we write a blog post and we ask uh, let's say any kind of AI machine to write a blog post about you um a, a lot of them will come up with self-invented books that you wrote in the past yeah. So yeah. we specifically asked to exclude any self, let's say <laughs> self invented books or whatsoever. And we also put that in the, in the uh, prompt because if you don't exclude it, that it will come up with any, any kind of suggestions like it's the truth.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like, and sometimes that can be interesting if you want to do like brainstorming, for example, yeah. but in most cases you want to yeah, present facts and stuff. So then it's not suited.
2: Do, do you think, um, if I look how I use AI, I compare it, and I heard it somewhere on a, on a podcast, and I said, yes, that's a good analogy, like a sandwich. So one <laughs> half, yeah, so the the, the, the bread yeah. part, that's me giving yeah. the idea to the AI. The AI is, well, the cheese or the ham in, in between. <laughs> the and then, when, then I do a, a next step. So I never... Ever use what AI gives as the end result? So that's a little bit the sandwich approach. Um, Do you think that that will still be the case for a long while? So that AI is never like the end result, but you always have to have a human entry AI. uh, Well,
0: activity, Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah, and then at the end, it's once again human interaction to make it as a good result. Um,
1: I think do you think
2: that AI is going to evolve that we can actually leave it to AI? Uh,
1: I already have some cases where it's completely automated um, with AI, but I, well, for me personally, I think there should always be a human in the loop uh, because just if something goes wrong, I don't know what, that you can always say, okay, this person was responsible it, can be accountable for it, that you don't say, OK, it was the machine. So I really like the sandwich approach because I think, OK, you always need human input and I think you always need a human check. But I also have to say, uh, I see sometimes with email marketing that it's like generated and also learn from other um, from subscribers what they read and then new content got um, yeah, extracted from sources uh, to re- to write down the new emails and send them to the subscribers and for now this is an experiment what i'm doing at the moment is i have a podcast that is completely automated from the beginning to the end i'm not somewhere in between i'm going to launch that around at the end of april may and that's a, a six minute podcast it's got the, so the information got extracted from different sources that i qualified as good sources then it will be a transcript it will be transferred into a voice script and then we train the model with my voice and it will be a podcast about it
0: yeah i've i've, I've heard that before i think money and npr did that on the money planet like probably in 2023 and it got yeah. some interesting results
1: yeah i'm really curious about this yeah. experiment so uh, i'm i don't know yet what what will be the result of it and also especially because i'm not in between so i have no idea what's what i'm going to say in a podcast uh but yeah for me it's an experiment
2: but you will have a last look at the podcast before no you just leave it completely okay
1: yeah but um i have to say also because yeah there can be also be information that's maybe not true or maybe that i don't agree with uh so in the podcast we also say it's a source the information is from this source or the information is from that source so it's not a conversation as what we are having right now it's really effect news update podcast.
2: Oh, okay. Maybe more a little bit like a curating part. Right, so you get all the information and you reference to the sources.
1: Exactly. Yep. And that's yeah, our- there's
0: yeah. some some interesting um, experiments there. I, I I don't know if you've heard about the experiment they did in the I think the US or Canada with a singer that actually put her voice available online. For anyone to write a song, yeah, and the only thing what happened is you would pay rights yeah. to her on that song or something. So
1: Grimes, it. Um, Grimes, the the ex-wife of Elon Musk, that is doing so exactly cool. the same. Yeah,
0: yeah. oh, yeah, okay. absolutely. So cool. like All these new business models,
1: yeah, but it also the pitfall is the creativity also of it because if everybody can create a, a song with your voice, is mm-hmm. it still valuable? And also for me is okay. I have the podcast and it's automated, but you don't hear an opinion from something. No. It's just fact based. So is it then still valuable? Don't you miss the human part in that process? We don't know. Hard.
0: I've seen out. in some blog posts where um, or. Uh, where, where AI machines actually do come up with an opinion based on the other articles that you probably yeah. wrote or other podcasts that you have shared or whatsoever. So it could come up with uh, with an opinion. It could be outdated. It could
1: yeah. be an opinion <laughs> from
0: last year. Or the Did opinion.
1: you hear about JetGPT? Yeah. <laughs> you know, Correct. So yeah. You
0: never know. But anyway, we have a couple of minutes left, Mark. Yeah. You, ha- you still have one or two questions? Yeah, well, I think answer,
2: uh, right? we, we've we've covered a lot of the questions i already had um but for all the marketeers that are listening and when we got the buzzword ai in the title i believe that a lot of people will start listening <laughs> and are going going to listen to this episode what kind of advice would you have for them how to go with ai how to use ai what where to start because not everybody is like very much in the ai but they don't want to fall behind
1: yeah, so. exactly. Um, what they can do, yeah, that's for us, because I always get that question. What is the first thing that I can do? What is the first step? Uh, because you see, there's a lot of flaws, buzz, and hype around uh, AI. Well, it's, it's just a technology that can help you. Just, this is just the way how I look at it. That's also the reason uh, why we organized um, the marketing congress, just to let people experience it. I always give people the assignment of, Write down your daily task. Write down how long does it take. We Also write down how often does this task come back. Is it weekly, biweekly, once a month, once in the two months? And then also ask yourself, okay, for this task that comes back frequently, is there an AI technology that can support me with this? If that's possible, try that one out for 30 days, max of 30 days, and then see if it really brought value to you. If it didn't brought value within 30 days, then also skip the, the tool and try something else also to prevent that you got like 20 different tools for 10 euros a month and paying for that so i'll always give that advice because the most value is not in the new fancy tools or big innovations but it's really like okay how can it support you in your daily work processes
2: yeah and that's from the operational part i want to have a last one what's yeah. your view on what we said with the strategies you said that companies are still struggling with that. What, what should they, should they really make place in their strategies for AI? Is this the time to really do that?
1: Yeah, they really, I, I really want to ask, uh, to tell my managers and directions, not only to focus on education about leadership and those kind of stuff, but also to focus on education about AI technology to get a basic knowledge out of it, to also have an understanding how it can help or not help your company. so And that they also can put that in place in their strategy. Also put somebody in the front that is sort of an AI console, how you can say it, that people can ask questions to, so that it's not going to be like ad hoc experiments throughout the whole company, but also that it gets clustered, you can say, that more people getting value from the same kind of processes.
0: Cool. So with that, I would like to thank you very much, Sharida, for being on the podcast. I will share a link to your LinkedIn profile as well as a link to your website. So listeners can always reach out to you should they want to after this episode. And thank you very much for being on the show.
1: Yeah, thank you for having me. Love it.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of the Marketing Technology Podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform or iTunes. Also, if you want to be a guest or know someone that should be a guest to our show, shoot me an email on e.crum at marketingguys.nl. Thank you for listening.